Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Monday morning. So did you stay up for the entire game last night? I did indeed. I found it to be a very entertaining game in a lot of respects. Very intriguing, Mike, because of the way the New York Jets were able to change their defense and the fact that the Chiefs were, what, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite going in. Did you hear any of our Ned talk? Mm -hmm. Every one of us said this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people think because the the New York defense is so good and very strong and diligent. Now, their their offense is getting better, but they're not there yet. But defensively, they were able to put the clamps on Kansas City. Case in point is, of all things, the New York Jets outpassed Kansas City. (laughs) This is interesting. Mahomes, 203 yards uh, through the air. But the key is that Kansas City's been there before, and they have a veteran team and able to extricate themselves from difficulty. Case in point is Mahomes being able to scramble. Mm -hmm. That scrambling is such a great weapon that he has, and he does it better than anybody else in the National Football League. He escapes from the pocket that they form, and defenses haven't yet come up with a game plan to stop that. Got off a couple of big runs, a 56-yard run in one case, and... Uh, toward the end of the game, he slid out of bounds. There's the key. You can't lose Patrick Mahomes in there. He is he is the catalyst of that ball club. He can get things done. But in terms of the Chiefs themselves, they were at one time in that ball game watching it without a clue as to how to attack New York's defense because they were changing up so very well and putting pressure. They put the pressure on Mahomes and the running backs. Now, Pacheco had, I think, 115 yards rushing, and he was very good. But that's not how Kansas City's going to make its living. It's through the air, and they did that just in time to get through. They got off to the, the big start, 17 nothing over the Jets. The, the Chiefs have a tendency to do that. They'll get out and blitz you right at the very start and say, here's what we're going to do to you, now see if you can stop it. Well, 17 nothing at one point, and hey, that safety against the Chiefs, that was very, very deflating. And New York got those two points on a pretty questionable call, but nonetheless, it stood and uh, it rallied New York because they got the ball close and scored again. So this is not a bad New York team, but the Chiefs are the better team, and I think they're the better team in most of the uh, most of the other 32 in the National Football League. It was exciting and definitely nail-biting towards the end, uh, well, after the first quarter, that is. I thought I was going to be going to sleep by the first half, but that was not the case. Uh, let's talk about Mahomes, um, your scrambling thing. Yeah, it, it, he could have easily ran in for a touchdown, but instead stopped on the field and let the clock run out. That is an incredible game leader, an incredible person who wants to win. He don't care about your fantasy team. He don't care about his, his points. He don't care about how many rushing touchdowns. He probably could get a bonus based off that touchdown. No. Wants uh, to win the game. Unlikely. He doesn't need any bonuses, number one. And number two, that's exactly right. He had the, the football acumen to know that you can run out the clock. A lot of guys don't do that. He did. He knew that was going to be the case. And, yeah, he ran out of bounds. You might remember it was a game. It's been a number of years ago, 10, 15 years ago. He wasn't involved in this. But the Chiefs were playing the Raiders. And they got a, a penalty in their favor. And on the next play, ran the ball down to the two-yard line, free to go in, took a knee. 
Yeah. <laughs> because it ran so out. We want to win the game. That is the strategy when time, when you're going playing the clock, which they were doing, uh, that's the strategy it's going to win for you and then kill the clock down there. Uh, it was a brilliant move, but it was a football move. Yeah, absolutely. And Pacheco did the same thing earlier in that drive because once they realized that we're just going to keep it on the ground with him, the Rutgers kid is just playing all he can in front of his New Jersey crowd and played hard, even though he wasn't. I mean, he went over for under, over 100 yards, but he did the exact same thing, which is great. But I do want to talk about some of those questionable calls. Yes, uh, yeah, but, uh, JT, before, JT had a bad. Before you get into it, before you get into it, there were some that went against oh, the Jets. Oh, I will, 110%. Both, both of them were bad. The, the, the holding call against the Jets was garbage. I agree. I thought it was a garbage call, but... That safety call was garbage. The face mask started well in, in 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 outside of the end zone. It started there. His hand was on there. And if that's the rule, that's the rule. There was also another. Uh, what was the other call? There was something that came up that was just blatantly awful. I mean, that officiating crew last night was not good. Well, there's one thing that you have to say in their defense. Number one, the face, the hands to the face is not reviewable. Number one. And it occurred so fast that the official can really only make a, a, a judgment call from a distance. He saw it happen. He saw the hands to the face, and he saw them in the end zone. He didn't have a chance to see it happen a yard before. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. <clears throat> but I won't in terms of some of the blatant holding that I saw. Oh, oh both sides. Oh, oh, man, it was all night. But in, the, in that regard... At least they were consistent because they weren't calling it on either team. <laughs> I mean, and, and and you could, I mean, you were seeing Carl Loftus getting choked out, Chris Jones getting choked out, and both sides. And, and you can see it for the Kansas City offensive yeah, I, line. Yeah, I mean, they were well. both. It What's was a kid's name, uh, Jawan Taylor. He tackled whatever. a guy. I know, but but they called that though. But at the same time, it was like watching a field full of Angel Hernandez's out there <laughs> trying to officiate a football game. But at the end of the day, Chiefs got the dub, 23-20. Um, kind of a kind of an interesting uh, interesting Sunday to say the least across well, the league. Yeah, around the league it was, and I tell you what, the Chiefs have to do have to go back to the drawing board in some respects too, because I think a lot of teams saw what New York was doing on defense. Very clever defensive game plan that they have. They shifted their defensive backs, changed their assignments all during the game. These were fluctuating during the game. Now next week the Chiefs play the Minnesota Vikings, who are, in my opinion, not as good as the New York Jets man-to-man this is. And uh, the Jets are going to do the same thing. They do have Kirk Cousins at quarterback, and he can do a lot of figuring out as to what the Chiefs are going or what the game plan, defensive game plan, is going to be against them. I think that'll be an interesting game, but I don't think it'll be as interesting as this one. I thought the Jets played superior football. They, they, they definitely came back, and, uh, you know, God love him for what he is, but Zach Wilson definitely looked like someone that was actually trying to win a game. Oh, he night. was. There's he, there yeah. no question about it. And the fact that he was able to survive a lot of the criticism that came his way and to see the team rallying around. I am going to wait one point. This will evoke a little bit of emotion from you, but, hey, just relax. I wish, and not just the Chiefs, that this is, this is the entire National Football League. I wish the showboating on the field would stop. Stop right now. How many times, how many times do you see a receiver get a first down and stand up and give it the point first down? Guys, that is what you are paid, P-A-I-D, to do, number one. And it even enveloped Mahomes in one case at the end of the game when he stood up and gestured to the crowd and all that. It's fine to acknowledge the fans. I don't decry that at all, but when you're showboating on the field, I wish that would stop. That's going to come back to haunt some teams. 
future. Well, it's uh, sometimes you got to eat that stuff. So I could tell uh, we didn't have a good college football weekend <laughs> when you came in, but at least you were all smiles. So it was it was so bad you had to laugh at it. Is that all you can do? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm two and two in fantasy, so uh, thank God uh, Anthony Richardson came back on because he almost scored me 30 points. So it's a good day. For me, and uh, now I'm actually back, I think, in the top six, which my season might not be screwed after all. For some, in the regular baseball game, it's over, however. And it was actually kind of nice to see some of the stuff that was going on in St. Louis, then bringing out Yachty and some of the other guys, and then, of course, uh, saying goodbye to Wayno and all that stuff. Kansas City, same thing. Could be Grinky's last start. They uh, uh, Perez came out. And everyone, it's 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 sad, especially with these teams that you know it's over. I mean, there's always next year, but for some players, it, there ain't no next year. Well, and and I think you can go back one year and didn't realize that the the departure of Mr. Mahone, uh, Mr. Um, <laughs> the departure of Albert Pujols and Molina would have such an effect on the Cardinals, and I did. They, they were without a leadership this year as such. That's not to say they weren't without the players, but when you, you have these veteran guys like Wainwright around and Granke with the Kansas City Royals, these these are guys who had a certain maturity to the team, and to see them go, you're right, but it's also the nature, not it just is. of baseball or football or basketball, but of life. Yeah. Yeah, nothing lasts forever. But at the same time, it was good uh, over the weekend knowing that that stuff was ending and also to see those guys get the recognition. So, um, you know, in in the case of the Cardinals and the Royals, fellas, there's always next year. (laughs) And there will be no October and November heroics. No, nothing like that. No, sir. All right, so um, who you like in the playoffs? Well, I'm one of those, Mike, who is not enthralled with the extra wild card teams being in there, but it, it, it does exist, and that's the way it's going to be. Four games tomorrow, four more on Wednesday, and then we'll find out what happens Thursday since this, these are all best of three. Blue Jays and the Twins, and Minnesota Twins are the hosts in this one. All three games, all the home teams stay at home. There is no travel date here in the wild card playoffs. The Blue Jays, I think, are the better team than Minnesota, but we'll find out. Texas Rangers are going to Tampa Bay to play the Rays. I like uh, Tampa Bay in this one. In the National League, the Arizona Diamondbacks go to Milwaukee to play the Brewers. I secretly think Milwaukee may make the World Series this year. They're not, really? They're not a great team, but they're playing as a team, and that's a key. And I like Craig Council as their manager. I think he does a great job. And the Miami Marlins in Philadelphia to play the Phillies. Marlins are good. They are a very good team, and they have a former SMS Bear or Missouri State Bear on the team, and Jake Berger, who is one of their key offensive threats. Still have to think Philadelphia has the better team, but we will find that out. The wild card is Tuesday, Wednesday, and if necessary, Thursday, and then the divisional playoffs begin this weekend. Exciting stuff. Uh, hopefully you're feeling some naked. Fingers <laughs> crossed for you, buddy. All right, so uh, in college football locally, How'd the MSU Bears do over the weekend? Had a chance. They gave Southern Illinois a very good fight. But Southern Illinois had a little bit too much strength down the stretch and uh, holds on for a 33-20 win. Southern Illinois is nationally ranked. They're undefeated. The Bears are not undefeated. Missouri State has a big one coming up on Saturday. This Saturday at home when the Bison come in here from Fargo, North Dakota. That's North Dakota State. And of, of, of all the worst things that can happen, 
this is the worst case scenario because North Dakota State lost on Saturday and they will be angry. <laughs> they will be, and it would have been a good chance for the Bears to kind of get a little ground over. I think the Bears have the ability to give North Dakota State a pretty good fight. Evangel remaining undefeated. This Kansas Athletic Conference that they're in, Kansas College Athletic Conference that they're new, was supposed to be every good as or every bit as tough as the heart of America. I'm going to have to disagree with this. Evangel's laying waste to these teams. They played Apollo up in Kansas City, beat them 44-6. The uh, Evangel Valor undefeated in the year. Southwest Baptist outscored by Quincy in Quincy and Missouri. Going down to Nashville, playing Vanderbilt, close game for a while. Vanderbilt will do that to you. They'll play you close and then falter down the stretch, kind of like Missouri State mm-hmm. does. Uh, but they'll come back. The Commodores will come back. But Missouri, now they get, <laughs> they fall into the same category as the Bears with their home opponent coming up, except that Missouri won their game. Missouri State did not. Missouri's opponent on late Saturday morning, LSU. And they in are, Columbia. It's in Columbia, and LSU's very angry. They lost to Ole Miss. You watch. I think Missouri can give them a very tough battle. And they're undefeated, man. It's, gonna, it's a hell of a season for the Tigers so far. All right, last but not least, Ned's going to be the bell of the ball tomorrow night. <laughs> Springfield Sports Hall of Fame ceremony. He's getting in. This is out at the Oasis on North Glenstone. All begins with the social hour at 5. The banquet and the induction ceremonies begin around 6. Very good class this year. Grant Wistrom, the former National Football League star with the St. Louis Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. B.J. Flores, the area boxing champion, now living out in Arizona. He'll be here. Jeff Rogers, outstanding soccer coach at Springfield Glendale. Casey Garrison Powell in her maiden maiden name days. Casey Garrison, second all-time leading scorer for the Lady Bears. Barb Coward, longtime official in the Drury Athletic Program. And Robert Bevo Looney who I did not see run when I was here. He, he was about my age, maybe a little bit younger. Uh, was in high school, described as the fastest human being ever in the Ozarks. I'm very anxious to meet with him. Then the team is the Marshfield Lady Jays. They came into existence and their great glory in the late 80s and early 90s with seven state championships and at the time, 102 straight victories that has since been eclipsed by Stratford. But nonetheless, 102 straight wins. They're all going to be back here, to, at least many of them, to be celebrated. That's tomorrow night at the Oasis. This is a charity event. We'd like to see you out there. Ned, you have a wonderful Monday, and I'll see you tomorrow.